You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. We are the Gate 7 International Podcast here again for another episode. It's the 26th of January. January transfer window is approaching a close. And my word, it got busy today, didn't it? What are you saying, Labro? Yeah, it did get busy with uh, the news we broke about Joao Carvalho flying into Greece tomorrow evening. And then again with of Real Madrid signing as well at the same time. So I wonder if they're going to be on the same plane. I guess we'll find out. We are going to talk more about that later. That story was broken by us last week. If you remember, we said this was a done deal. I mean, let's face it. The two presidents of the two clubs, Olympiacos and Nottingham Forest, they spoke to each other. Oh, wait, they're the same person. So yeah, that was a done deal last week, guys. We talked about that on the show last week. And now we learned today that he will be flying into Greece and Athens International Airport tomorrow. That's Jacques Carvalho, 24-year-old attacking midfielder from Nottingham Forest, looking to re- reinvigorate his, his career, really. Um, it was broken also today by, by The Sun. So Costalianos wrote the article uh, and then it was picked up everywhere. Costalianos is going to join us in a little while. So we're going to wait for him before we talk more about Joao Cavalio and that breaking story. He's following the Mali game at the moment. I think that's either in sudden death or it's going to penalties. Anyway, Costa's going to be with us uh, shortly and we'll talk more about Joao for, uh, later on. But before we get to that, a lot of talk about Eran Zahavi, Israeli 34-year-old striker or forward, if you like, of PSV Eindhoven. It looks like he will not be joining the club now. There was a lot of talk about him wanting out of PSV immediately. His contract comes to an end in uh, in June, 30th of June. He's been the victim of some uh, some robberies in his house in Eindhoven. Apparently, his family's pretty been pretty shook up about that, and his his wife's been adamant about leaving. I also was hearing that his house is actually the most well guarded house in the Netherlands, maybe more than the prime minister. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of talk about him wanting out immediately. And, uh, you know, a lot of talk about, you know, why is Olympiacos going for a striker? Is it Does it have to do with the Larabi? Is contract renewal? Does it have to do with Tiquinho, Fenerbahce, wanting to, to sign him for free? Not going to happen. Uh, what do you think, Labro, about all this? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say about the Zahavi rumor. Um, I think it's an interesting case, to be honest, with the player. Um, he's a good goal scorer. He's a bit slower. He's older. I just don't think a player like Zahavi takes you the next step into Europe where Olympiacos wants to go. And I think moving forward into next season, it would have to be Zahavi or El Arabi. And personally, I think I would keep El Arabi. Uh, I don't really see a role for Zahavi moving into the season unless we brought back the 4-4-2, but I think the transfer moves this evening really demonstrate that the 4-4-2 is not going to be happening. I expect Tiquinho to stay at Olympiacos this window. I expect Hassan to stay in Turkey. I, I really think these two transfers signal the intentions, and I think that both stories broke at the same time. Uh, Justfully, I think Jao Carvalho, as we reported, as um, I tweeted out as well last week, had agreed with Olympiacos. Olympiacos had agreed with Nottingham Forest. Of course, that's not a difficult thing to do. It was just waiting to see whether Olympiacos could do better. And I think doing better was signing Zahavi this window. That did not happen. The team put pressure. The media put pressure. Pesve withheld the player. So I don't think 
it worked as they wanted. But it was clear Joao Carvalho was the backup option. And I think that's what we're getting. And I don't know. We're just going to have to see with the guy. Um, I I guess I don't really want to talk about Joao Carvalho until Costa writes his story and tells us the story. But I will say this. I think Zahavi would have been an all right option. But I just don't think it's what Olympiacos needs. And going back, linking back to my article, which was really well read, um, and thank you to everyone who read the article. Um, it's not what Olympiacos needs if it's trying to build a, a club that compete in the Europa League or the Champions League year in and year out. Um, Zahavi's not the player who's going to take Olympiacos to the next level, and we need some more creative choices. That's my opinion on the player. Would he have scored goals? Yes. Would he have been exciting at times? Yes. But was he worth it in the long term? I would say no. So that's really my opinion. We'll see. He comes in the summer. It's a 35-year-old with a crocked knee coming in in the summer. I, I we'll see. It's an interesting take, though. I mean, you're making the link between Carvalho and 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 Zahavi. It's true that you know the 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 Carvalho story was obviously something from last week, and then it kind of died down a little bit because we were waiting for Pedro Martins to give the green light. You know, so it is an interesting thought process that you know, we thought we could get something better, bring in a player like Zahavi, who is a proven goal scorer. If you look at his his goal scoring record, I think he has eight goals in 24 matches this season and nine assists in all competitions. Uh, got injured in, in November and I think he, he played a game recently. So he's back in action. And okay, everyone everyone always talks about age. But I mean, I, I, I do have a question. Who's the last under 30 player that we've bought in for a big fee that succeeded at this club? Because you can talk about Rafik Jabour, for example. You think he came in at 26, somebody somebody was telling me. Um, Rafik Jabour was brilliant value for money. But who, I, and I, I ask you, Labrador, I ask anybody that's following, anyone in the chat, who's the last striker that we bought for big money under 30 that succeeded? Shoot. Alan Polito. I think that was that. That was it, right? <laughs> Brownie Day? Brownie Day was big money, wasn't it, back in the day? Brownie Day was big money. Did people like Brownie Day? Mm, I think did a lot the of job, people did. But... I don't know. Come on. I, think I mean, everybody like thinks Brownie about Day, everybody right? thinks about Diogo. Everyone thinks about Diogo. And we paid yeah. 10 million euro for Diogo, and in his first season, was brilliant. Had Premier League clubs looking at him, and then, okay, we... Probably miss. We could have managed that situation better with him. Uh, it is what it is. But but my point is, look at all the big like successful strikers that we've brought in to this club. Yeah, uh, Darko Kovacevic or Sinisa Gokic. I think he was 34, 35 when we signed him, and he had two crock knees as well, and he was amazing. I mean, I'm just for the sake of argument because we we always talk, we always seem to talk about age. But when it comes when it comes to players, Zahavi, how can you forget the performances last season? Four goals against us it was like I I remember distinctly thinking, bloody hell, I would love to have this player on our team. Anyway, doesn't it like it's happening now? Uh, the reports were that we were giving him 1.5 million euro to sign now, and that if he were to come in the summer, that would be reduced to one million. That's according to reports coming out of Greece. This morning, then later, we found out that he is uh, apparently going to honor his his contract. Maybe that's is it a coincidence? Then later, that Joao Cavalho was uh, activated and that this story broke um, when we learned about that and broke that story today. Food for thought. Yeah, no, I I agree, but I just think I just think times are changing. You know, like Zahavi's on the wrong side of thirty. You know, if he was like thirty one, thirty two be all for the move but it's just it just doesn't make sense to me like you don't have we don't have anyone quick we don't have anyone active Tequino for me is not super fast like he he's can not. run a bit he's not but Zahavi's faster than him yeah but that's the thing you know like <laughs> I just think they need someone quick and physical like as shit as Brownie Day was I think his work rate and running in Europe offered so much to Olympiacos um I I think in games like that and in Europe, 
a striker like that is very valuable. And I don't want to say we've missed that Nella Rabi because he scored some big goals in Europe, of course, but um, a forward who can track back, who's pacey, who could uh, have defenders worried about being the last man. I do think uh, the team has missed that. And really, we don't have any striker like that at the moment. We haven't had a striker like that in years, I think, other than Hugo Kuypers, I guess, would be the closest example. Guerrero. Guerrero, yeah, Guerrero. But, but at least he pressed high up the pitch. Yeah, that's it. you know what? Like in those European games, Guerrero was so valuable because of the pressing. And if yeah. we brought in another striker, I really don't know if I would even take a player like Zahavi. I'd rather we take a player who can run and press and you take a risk on a player like that. A player like Hugo Kuypers, again, I don't get why he was released, but that's my opinion. Yeah, well, that's a big question, Mark, especially when we saw that coach was looking to play 4-4-2 at the beginning of the season and looking how well Hugo Kuypers is doing in Belgium now, playing in a 4-4-2 system, doing really, really well. We've still got 50%. I don't know if there's any thoughts about actually trying to bring him back. I doubt it. But uh, mm. anyway, that's, uh, that is what it is. Some messages uh, coming in. Yep, Yogo is the name that people came up with as the big big money transfer but he didn't succeed well, he did in his first season but then we we effed things up or he effed things up um what else have we got here in the chat Sparrow says Fener can have a lot of not Tiquinho <laughs> don't think so mate <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah the, the Larabi thing we, we've talked about that before in previous podcasts whether we should be giving him two million euro a year I mean, he's approaching age 35 as well, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, similar discussion happening there with um, with El Arabi. What's your take on Tiquinho, Labro, in general? Like, I mean, six months of Tiquinho. I, re I remember you and I were saying that this is going to be the transfer of the, like the best transfer we've made, actually. I, I don't know. He's just a bit unlucky without the preseason, without the rhythm. And I think he really... Is getting screwed. I really don't think he can play up top alone very well. I really don't think that's a role he played previously as well. I really don't think it's something he's comfortable with. His ball control and dribbling isn't very good. His hold-up play without someone making runs in behind him or coming close like a 10 is really poor. And I think if El Arabi can barely do those things, how can you ask Tequino to do those things? So I think he's a player that has been set up not to fail but set up in a bad position to succeed and i think the rest of the team really hurts tequino moving forward um but i think you give tequino time i think he'll be a fine player i don't get the nonsense about loaning him Fenerbahce for what three hundred thousand euros for the season it's not worth it um you just have to trust the guy um i think he'll come good and i think he just needs a run of games with a competent 10 next to him and maybe that's Jacques Carvalho maybe that's Cosas Fortunes we'll see so his best his best season at Porto was when he was playing alongside uh, Abu Bakar Abu Bakar yeah yeah, yeah exactly four, four, two. Yeah. But he yeah, used to I, be a dynamic striker I remember when he came to the Cadizcac he played very well and then he got sent off against us if you remember yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he was a good player yeah. but that's what I mean you know like um Oh my God! I was just waiting for this comment. Brownie Day shit. Come on, man. That's unfair to him. Great work, great much more than than, but not the most clinical in front of goal. I knew someone would say it, like he wasn't bad. You know, like when I remember when he was here, I complained a lot about him. He's a striker who gets forgotten for Olympiacos, but I think under Marco Silva and that European run, he was so crucial because of the work rate, because of the running. If you if you remember, he scored that goal. Against against Dynamo Zagreb. Like, he's yeah. by no means shit. Like, he's no Cardozo. He's no Guerrero. Like, and we sold him for almost 15 million euros, 13.5 million euros, if I remember correctly. Hey, so, Guerrero. I don't think you should be mentioning Guerrero in the same sentence as Cardozo. <laughs> I mean, Guerrero scored Yeah, big, yeah, Guerrero wasn't bad as well. Like... But, but you know what I mean? Like, by no means... Did I say Brownie Day shit? Like, no, he's not shit. But, like, okay, he wasn't... Maybe maybe I implied it. I don't know if it was you, Labra, but I oh, mean, okay, my... who, <laughs> who are you comparing it to? You're comparing it, yeah. You're comparing to, to to the best, like the best strikers that we've seen at the club, huh? So like the Kovacevic yeah. is the Mitroglu's, the you know Rafik Jibors, the Gokic, and all of this. Like, yeah. where is 
I, I forgot about Brownie Day. I mean, where was Brownie Day when we played Anderlecht in the Europa League after we got yeah. knocked out by they Arsenal? missed a few setters, him and like, Lizzo, like Yeah. So, yeah, no, that really no, killed no, us. no beef. No beef but, with Brownie Day. It's just he wasn't my favorite striker to play the for the club. We paid a lot of money Finn Bogason got screwed off. Like, if he sticks he around, great. maybe he would have scored that goal against Anderlecht and given a chance. But Marcos obviously wanted a versatile striker, fast striker who could press. That was, we'll never know. Knows. We'll never know about Finn Bogason. Yeah. Well, guys, um, before we continue, don't forget, hit that like and subscribe button to make sure you always get your regular Olympiagos updates here at Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiagos. Help us to keep growing this international community of Olympiagos fans. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss the next episode of Gate 7 International. Hit the bell as well. Reminder, whenever something pops up, new video, new podcast, you'll get that notification. You'll be able to, to keep watching content. Voila. Still waiting on Costaliano. There were some... New new bits yesterday. The Guinean contingent in the team continues to grow. Yes. Madi Kamara, Agibu Kamara. Agibu is returning from the African Cup of Nations after being eliminated from the round of last 16. And he's not coming back alone. He's coming with Mamadou Kane, central midfielder, defensive midfielder that we actually signed in the summer and left on loan at Nefji Baku. That was a bit out of nowhere too, wasn't it? That transfer was a bit nowhere. It was kind of like, oh, wow, this guy's good. Why don't we take him? How much they cost? 300,000 euros? Perfect. That's cheap. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it almost seemed like that's how it worked. It was like, that guy wasn't bad, right? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, he wasn't shit. And then they asked uh, Madi, they're like, what about this guy? He's like, oh, yeah, he's good. It's like, we'll take him with us. But honestly... I just don't know what role this guy's going to play because he's a six from all the reading I've done. So who is going to... Bukhalakis is coming back soon. So you have Jan, you have Bukhalakis, and you have Madi, you have Kunde coming back soon. Cameroon, of course, is still in the African Cup of Nations. But what the hell is going on? Like, why do we have three sixes? What? I guess they just need a body. I, I guess that's what they need. But... I really cannot say I've watched Nefji Baku much or Ghanaian national team games. So I, I, what am I going to say about him? But like all I've read is like he's a six. He's a defensive midfielder. And Olympiakos I, does not need another defensive midfielder at the moment. So let's see what happens with the guy. We've heard only good things from about him from people. But it's he's coming from Baku. He's coming from, from Azerbaijan. I don't know literally if any footballer who's come from Azerbaijan and become a big player. Maybe that's because I'm ignorant. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Well, you know, his position in the national team is actually right back. I mean, I think the opener, he played right back and I was, mm. I did turn on the game in the, the last 16 game the other day against Gambia and he wasn't, he wasn't in the starting 11. I'm not sure if he was on the bench, but he, mm. he's a, he's a right back. For, for his national team. And he plays centre mid, defensive midfield for for Baku. But uh, I don't know. Bukhalagis doesn't really play as a... Does he really play as a six for us? I feel he's, like... He's like a hybrid, but he's like a really bad hybrid. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like he wants to go forward, but it's just like, God damn it, please don't go forward. So I, I, I will never forget the stepovers. The goddamn stepovers where he lost the ball outside the box. And then he got injured. Is that when he got injured? I don't remember when he got injured. But Fetanos he... is having some jokes here. He's like, can he? Maybe he can play left back. Well, no. Um... Uh, maybe if he was a winger who is thirteen or fourteen years old from the academy, he would be the next Chimikas. But I don't see it. I don't know. Yeah, and actually, sp speaking of, we signed someone called Almir Klitscha. I didn't even who? know what this was about. You were like, "What's up with Almir Klitscha?" I was like, "Who that?" It sounds like. <laughs> Sounds like a car or something, like a new model of a Skoda. I don't know. Like, who is this? Like, where did he come from? Yeah. So this came out of nowhere yesterday. Another one. 23-year-old yeah. Montenegrin signing from Jeunesse-esque in uh, Luxembourg. This is the club that team. we loan. Like, we, lo 
we loaned uh, Alex Voilis and uh, Jorgos Xenitidis to this team last uh, last season. So there's good relations with the club, I suppose. So I don't know uh, who's benefiting and I don't, you know, maybe we'll look back in a year at this podcast and and I'll get ridiculed for what I said. But Almi Klitscher is a Montenegrin left back that is apparently coming in to play uh, for our B team uh, initially. Kostas Nikolakopoulos was on the radio this morning saying, I've seen videos of him on YouTube. He looks very fast. But but honestly, okay, before we uh, descend into another discussion about we haven't signed fullbacks and we're still trying to replace Omar and Kostas Tsimikas and blah, 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 blah. Kostas here. Hi guys, what's up, man? Big day today, huh? Yeah, transfer Big stories. Day. What happened in the Mali game? Who won? It was the best game I have ever covered in my entire life. It was a game where there was a lot of passing, there was a lot of uh, marking, there was a lot of uh, shooting from afar, and no goals. There- there was no goals whatsoever for 120 minutes, and uh, there was a penalty. There was a penalty shootout that uh, went to sudden death. I loved it. Jeez. Did uh, did DB Keita play? Uh, sorry, who? DB is that his name? Dibi? Isn't it no, Dib? No, no, DB no, no, Keita. He didn't make it. He didn't make it this we time. Didn't, we didn't have a Keita in, uh, today, but uh, don't worry, he's going to be playing for Olympiacos next week. Don't worry. Equatorial Guinea made it through, which was huge. One of the biggest oh, wow. upsets. Oh, after wow. that is that is after eliminating Algeria, the reigning African champions. Huge. Oh, shit. Wow. wow. But other than that, I mean, we had a busy day. All of yeah, us, we didn't did. we? Yeah, we let's did. uh let's get into that. Um, hang on a second. Manos Gate 7. Hey guys, good evening. Would you actually like to see Zahavi in our team in this transfer window? Mate, we actually, um, that was the first point that we that we discussed earlier earlier on. Yeah. Maybe you're coming in a little, a little bit late. Um, you can rewind and go back to that segment and keep watching. Uh, we talked about that quite a bit. But uh, yeah, as I as I alluded to at the beginning of the of the podcast. Story broken by yours truly, Costas Llanos, and Gate 7 International today about Joao Carvalho flying to Greece tomorrow and is expected to land at 5.40, it is, together with Dibicator. But but Costa, I'm going to give you the floor and why don't you tell us like what's been going on today with this, with this uh, breaking story exclusive. Well, first off, I would like... Uh to make a toast to our exclusive, our exclusive, and no one else's. Uh, Now that's out of the way. So you guys broke the story uh, last week that an agreement has been reached between Olympiacos and uh, Nottingham Forest over Jacques Carvalho, a player that Olympiacos has been targeting for three years pretty much. Uh, pretty much ever since he uh, started um, shining at the, the city ground. And um, today, me, along with Sun Sport, we uh, broke the exclusive story that uh, Jao Carvalho is flying to Greece tomorrow to put pen to paper on a permanent deal for an undisclosed fee. Uh, the, uh, the transfer seems to have been finished, completed. Can things go wrong at the uh, 11th hour? Of course they can. I mean, between us, we've, uh, we, we've talked about the example of William back in 2013 when he flew to London to uh, sign with Tottenham. And uh, when he arrived at the airport, he was snatched by Chelsea. That is how William joined Chelsea in 2013. We also had the Bocani in 2014-15, was it, when he failed his medical. But the sources and the info that we have and are being backed by pretty much every journalist in Greece right now is that uh, Jean Carvalho is flying to Greece tomorrow to put pen to paper on a permanent deal with Olympiacos. Uh, so it seems that uh, come February, Carvalho is going to be uh, an Olympiacos player finally after a very long uh, pursuit. Yeah, and I remember a couple of shows ago, Ari was talking about Olympiacos being a destination, a certain kind of destination for certain kind of players. 
in this case, we're talking about a player who's clearly coming to Olympiagos as a second chance saloon, talking about a 24-year-old player who lit up the city ground in his first season at Nottingham Forest, where he played consistently. I think it was... His, uh, you you might remember his stats better than I, Gosta, his first season. I think he had eight assists, four goals. I might be wrong. But uh, we did talk to um, Mr. Dorr. He has his uh, Nottingham Forest channel. And that's what he told us as well. His first season where he got consistent games, he was fantastic. And then it just... Uh, it just collapsed. And now he's 24 years old. This is his last chance, really. And he's signing a, a long, long-term long deal with us. If he wants to do anything with his career and not end up at Familical <laughs> in a year or in a year and a half's time, no offense, Familical, but you did sign Ruben Vinagre. <laughs> I digress. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the guy's last chance. How is he going to fit in? How is he going to fit into a team with Costas Fortunis coming back? How's he going to fit into a team that has Agibu Kamara basically playing that position? Can he play on the wing? I don't like this uh, this stuff that I hear on the radio or from Greek journalists when they're like, oh, he can also play on the left or, you know, he can play on the right too. It's like, no. Anyone that's played football in their life, they know that they like to stick to one position. And if you're going to get something out of a player, you have to play them in their position consistently. Not play them once in centre midfield and once on the left and once on the right and then back at left back, I don't know. It doesn't work like that. Um, to me, having seen some videos of him, I see a lot of Fortunis-esque qualities on the ball. Uh, vision, drive when he has the ball at his feet. What else you got, guys? Well, um, actually, the stats were four goals and eight assists in 40 matches during his first full season at the Nottingham Forest. But then there's been... A very steady decline and was sent on loan to Almeria uh, because of that. Um, he is a very talented player. Like you said, like Olympiago is the perfect uh, second chance saloon for any kind of player to come in and hone his craft. Fortunis is coming back from injury. We don't know and what kind of uh, what kind of situation, what kind of status he's going to be in. Agibu Kamara, an amazing player, but um, you've read my exclusives uh, feeling the feeling in Camara's circle is that he's going to be in the Premier League. Uh, he's moving to the Premier League this summer. Liverpool, Newcastle, Leicester have shown in, have shown an interest in him. It doesn't really feel like he's going to stay at Olympiacos. So maybe that is the kind of transfer where, where Olympiacos are uh, looking ahead. Now, when it comes to how he's going to fit, you said you can't see him playing on the wings, but it's also going to depend on the, um, on the formation. Uh, I don't know if Pedro Martins is still going to be the manager after this summer. I have a feeling he won't, personally. Uh, there's a big drama going on at Everton where they're looking for a really good manager. They wanted Vitor Pereira. Moshiri actually wanted Vitor Pereira. The fans don't want him at all. There's Watford as well, who uh, lost, who sacked Claudio Ranieri and are bringing Roy Hodgson over until the end of the season. I think they're going down, but even a project like Watford is not too little. For a manager like Pedro Martin, especially after this season or maybe the one before, so it depends on who the manager is going to be. Uh, but other, uh, but regardless, when it comes to number ten, surely Costas Fortunis has to have this spot, not just because of his talent, but also what his his character, his his personality, what he brings on the team behind the scenes as well. He's not really the kind of player to be on the bench. It, there's a lot of factors going in this, but I have a feeling that this is the kind of transfer for the long term because of the Aikibu Kamara uncertainty, my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think the, the formation is really interesting because at the moment, uh, I have no idea where Joao Carvalho plays for Olympiacos. <laughs> He's the same kind of position as Maxi Lovera, I feel like. He's a 10 that can play on the wings, right? And we've seen how that have, has gone with Maxi Lovera. And I think Maxi, Maxi Lovera is on ice right now. I think he's screwed because he didn't perform within five minutes when he was given an opportunity. So it's not looking good for him uh, at all. I I just don't know. I think they're going to throw him out on the wing. I really think they're going to do it. I In a 3-4-3, does Joao Carvalho have a position at Olympiacos? as a forward, a front three, I just don't see it. So 
we're in a very difficult position. Like either the manager is going to have to switch the system to fit Carvalho or not. And is João Carvalho the type of player that a coach will change his system for to fit for João Carvalho? I don't know, guys. So it's just it's just a bit difficult for me to see how he succeeds. I think he'll be put in a position where it's difficult for him to succeed. When, with Gary Rodriguez coming back, I think for me, our wings are sorted. We have Masuras on one wing, hopefully back in the goals for good now after a drought, and Gary Rodriguez on the other wing. I think those are our two starters. Ronnie Lopez coming back after COVID hasn't looked as sharp as he was after all the photos and the decent performances he put in. So I think he's down the pecking order. I don't see I don't see Jacques Cavadio getting a spot on the wing. Is Pedro Martin suddenly going to go back to a four two three one? I think he he will only do that or proven to only be doing that this season with that when Aguibu Camara is available. Do I think Costas Fortunis is going to be starting at the 10 when he's fit and ready to go? I think I think Martins is thinking about him on the left as a super sub again. I don't know. Um that's uh we have to wait and see. For the record, um you'll probably know Costas Fortunis started training again yesterday. Big, big news. They are expecting that he will be ready to play mid to end February. There's a possibility he might play some games with the B team as well uh, to get some match fitness. You know, he's coming back from two serious knee injuries. He needs to go and play in the B team, probably to face some physical opponents, get knocked around a little bit, gain some confidence before he can get back to higher level, if I can call Super League higher level. Um, Nice dog there, Labro. Yes, this is Gus the dog. Gus the dog. It's a, it's a, she's a Vizsla. Her name's, no, 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 there's a mask. But it's, (laughs) I agree with you, Gus the dog, run off. But um, I agree completely with you. I I, I just don't see a world where Costas Fortunis plays and is a starter again for Pedro Martins. That's just my opinion. That's an interesting take. Uh, Sparrows, Lover should go to Nottingham to replace Carvalho. Not bad. Should we send that proposal to the to Platia Alexander? <laughs> no, because <laughs> because uh, Maxi Levera doesn't look like he's staying, guys. Maxi Levera yeah, is the... probably off on loan again and uh, never going to have a career at this club, or at least not with Pedro Martins as coach. To be fair, um, I haven't. He hasn't had much opportunity since he came back. He hasn't had much playing time, but in the playing time that he did have like 15 minutes the other day started doing the same silly shit that he used to do before he left which was take the ball run through the middle and then try and shoot from 30 to 35 yards like what are you doing um 3.5 million that we paid for him too huh by the way so i don't know um so there's a lot of question marks in this whole thing because we don't know if pedro martins is going to stay at olympiaco so what's the philosophy here what's the end goal what's the big plan in this thing. I guess it makes sense that you're not sure you're going to keep Aikibu Kamara. And like I said, the feeling is he's not staying at Olympiacos. He's going to the Premier League in the summer, but still have Fortunis. And Pedro Martins sees him as an impact player from the bench. But what if Martins leaves and someone else comes in and sees him as the be-all and end-all kind of player? Then what, Carvalho becomes the impact player? Carvalho becomes the number two? It's just, there are a lot of question marks that need to be answered. And when it comes to the summer, just go and get two fullbacks. Just go and get two fullbacks. Yeah. Also, put it on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. Every episode, Costa on repeat. Fullbacks, fullbacks. Yeah, no, it's true. We said it before you came on as well, so we've been saying it. I can't say day after day after day, but episode after episode after episode. And still, yeah, we signed Almir Klitscher. I don't know if uh, I'm pronouncing that right. I read that Galatasaray is getting rid of DeAndre Yedlin, the American star. As Omar is coming in to replace him. I don't know. We've been linked to DeAndre Yedlin before. Why not? We signed yeah. DeAndre Yedlin. But I remember when Tottenham signed him, it was like uh I think He's it was so one of those shit. players on one of those players on FIFA that had 95 pace or something, and we were like, Oh, this guy's gonna be wicked. And he was <laughs> shit. Yeah. He, uh, Henry Henry and Yakuru has similar stats, I think. 
Yeah. He, what uh, a horrible from, transfer that was. No, Seattle. sorry, Labro, go ahead. I interrupted you. No, but uh, DeAndre Yedlin's from the Seattle area. He grew up at the Seattle Sounders um, system, and I saw him play a few times. It was, we thought he was going to be fantastic, but he got more My into opinion. like fashion and tattoos, so it's a bit sad. <laughs> well, horrifying. But my opinion, what Olympiacos should consider doing, not I'm not saying go ahead and do it, but what you should they should consider, go for Zuber. It's unbelievable. How many wins do we need, Costa? Do we really? No, no, need no. Him? That's the thing. Onyekuru is being targeted by Turkish teams. If the yeah, offer is at least for... good enough, let him go. I can't believe so much time, effort, and energy was was dedicated on Yakuru, whereas Zuber was just right there, and he just played at the Euros. I, you know what, you want a hot take? On Yakuru is turning it around the second half of the season. I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right uh, I, it was so funny. I was, I looked up On Yakuru during uh, Afcon to see what was going on, and Nigeria fans were like. Why isn't Onyekuru playing more? He's the answer to our needs. I'm like, oh, shit. Some people are very, uh, very in. Just one little thing I learned from the AFCON. One little thing I learned from the AFCON. We made a lot of fun of Onyekuru's hairstyle. We did. But did you know that a crazy hairstyle is a commentator's favorite thing in the world? Because it's so easy to recognize the player. You don't have to look at numbers. True. You don't have to look at how they look. You don't have to look at anything. You just look at the at, at the hair and you know exactly who is doing what. I mean, as Fetanos is saying, I think Onyekuru should get the captain's armband. I mean, maybe if he, you know, gets uh, Taribo West, if anybody's young enough or old enough rather to remember Taribo West, he had those green and white beads in his hair playing in the World Cup with Nigeria. Maybe if Onyekuru does that with red and white, he'll get a bit of love. But anyway... Uh, I, I digress. Have, so I, I put this here on purpose. Yeah, Christian Pavon wanted my Panathinaikos right. right. apparently. What are they going to pay him with? Broken parts of a stadium? Did you see the stadium collapse? <laughs> They're going to send uh, Gate 13 again to fix the stadium, man. They couldn't even afford to fix the stadium themselves, so they sent Gate 13 and the fans to go build this. How are, how are the fans going to build the stadium this time? A roof is much more complicated than painting. I don't know. I think it's going to be very difficult. That's well, it. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, you know what? It is that time during the, uh, during the podcast when we do our ad read. So if you're not ready for it, doesn't matter. Here it is, guys. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Don't let wild hairs wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get you ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, you go to manscaped.com and use the code G7INTL. I repeat, use the code G7INTL for 20% off all products and free shipping. And you know what, guys? I'm going to show you the trimmer. Look at that. Can you hear that? Fantastic product. It's got a little light here as well. You can aim it, you know, help you do the business can use it as a as a light for your powerpoint if you want as well um very good stuff waterproof highly recommended code g7intl head over to manscape.com you can get this nice little bag as well yeah when you buy your trimmer you can buy some ball toner that exists you can have a little yeah. spray Ball toner. What else have we got here in the bag? Crop preserver, ball deodorant. They make sure it smells. I don't know. Fresh. This sounds like you know when Austin Powers, when the uh, guy is giving Austin Powers all of the gadgets. It's like we have here one tube of toothpaste. Like, I mean, do you remember that from Austin Powers? He's like, does it help that I have a British accent as well? Yeah, it does. It makes it sound it like does. Austin Powers like is gearing up for another That's, movie. Listen, but to, that. Listen, listen to that. Doesn't that sound like a whole load of sexy? I mean, I can shave off like the top of this. But... You could. <laughs> but anyway. anyway. <laughs> 
All that and more at manscaped.com with the code G7INTL, everyone. And on that note, I want to ask, who the hell is D.B. Keita? And will he play for Olympiacos? Quick thoughts. And then I think we have to wrap up to keep it a short one. D.B. Keita, left winger, apparently, 18 years of age, been playing for Real Madrid youth, I think recently in their under-19s. Maybe he's friends with Nikos Vergos. Uh, Nikos Vergos played for Castilla, their B team. Um, but that's a done deal and he's flying in um, same time as as our man Joao Carvalho I don't know yeah, that's, think... that's according to reports that little bit is according to reports that he's traveling same time as Carvalho I don't know that for sure that he's coming back I know that Carvalho is coming back like you know that Carvalho is coming that's our exclusive Kate, that, that is our exclusive is that Carvalho is done he's flying over to Greece to sign with Olympiacos permanent deal Undisclosed fee. We don't. When it comes to Dipiketa, it's according to others. See, that's the difference about journalism: is that when you have your own your own info and you beat everyone else to it, it's your info. When someone else says it, it's someone else's info. It's a good point. It's a good point, which I think others would uh, would, would need to learn by, but they don't. You know, just a comment. Well, um, th there are some other questions here from, from the chat uh, that I do want to address quickly before we move um, on. Uh, yeah, 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 Jay Brown is asking I don't about... Know. I literally don't know. You know, like, like, yeah. Yeah, like no we one. were saying at the beginning of the show, I mean, the president of one club talked to the president of the other and they sorted it. Um, there you go. Is is Levera any good? I think we, we talked about that a little bit. Um, how much we addressed... Yeah, Platon, Papas, Marinagis, we have a talk with Marinagis and decide a fee. Yes, mate. What else have we got here in the chat? Manos, gate seven. Please, Marinagis, give our physical lead, K427, his number, for God's sake. That's what we're going to remember about on Yukuru, isn't it? Like, when he leaves eventually, is that he's a player that came in, dyed his hair green after we got knocked out of the Champions League and took the number seven. That's literally what we're going to remember about Henry Henry and Yukuru. Unless Lavrov magically right, he's going to turn it around. Lavrov I think he's going to score in the Tumba this weekend. <laughs> That's it. I think he's going to do it. I can't. I can't. Sparos, uh, our good friend, is Dibby like Vinicius Junior? Exactly mate, like bloody, him. Mate, the same mate, I bloody hope so. I bloody hope so. What can I say? <laughs> Um, you never know, like, even when you see video clips of these like 18 year olds, it's just like, yeah, okay, put them against men, and like, they oh, sorry, you can't do that. Uh, we'll see. I think he'll start in the B team, it's very different from the Fadiga transfer. Fadiga actually had some first team experience, he went out on loan and played for a League One team. He got some substitute cameo appearances under uh Thomas Tuchel at PSG, so you know, he was dibby was being mentioned in the same vein as as fadiga but i think they're two very different um uh, two very different players uh both in terms of age uh, and experience uh what else have we got in the comments manos gate seven quick opinion for bukhalakis as olympiakos captain i just believe he can't have that role even for tunis is much louder despite the fact that he has a low tone profile uh, is that what I, a captain does shouts or is it other ways you can be a captain as well? I don't know. Like, I, all I know is I, I genuinely don't think Buhalex is a captain type person. Just as a person from what I've heard from people from people from Crete as well. So I don't know. He doesn't... He, uh, I don't know. I, he, people say he never was that type of person, you know, a captain's type. But I don't know. So I mean, I... I, I've said a lot about Fortunis and, the, and uh, this issue about him getting the captain's armband. I think he got it too early. I think they put too much pressure on him at a young age. He, I agree with Costa, though. You can you can be a, a player that's not very vocal on the pitch, but you lead by example, by what you do on the pitch. You inspire your teammates. You can be that kind of captain because Costa is not, he's not very vocal on the pitch. He looks kind of... He looks very introvert sometimes when you see him on the TV or when you see him on the pitch. Not really mm. talking a lot. And if he does, he does it very quiet. Uh, personally, I, I, I like somebody that like is talking. Like When I think of captain, I think of Roy Keane. You know? So that yeah, to me... He was, he was intimidating that to me as captain. shit, though. Huh? He was, he was intimidating as shit, though. Like, I mean... Yeah? 
you gotta have a bit of a of a balance in how you do things. I mean, I like this. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know how things are in the dressing room. He could be intimidating. If he feels you know, like he's like giving you all, when he invites you, you for a vegan you. burger, when he says we're going for <laughs> vegan burgers tonight, you know you're screwed. That has nothing. When he's to like, do with "You're it. you're not invited from to vegan night tonight." Vegan food is amazing. Don't not. I vegan love vegan food. food. I'm not. not but vegan. he's like, he's he says, "You know what, Zhao, you're disinvited from vegan night for the bullshit you pulled at training today." Like, <laughs> one of the imagine best being pro- Zhao. Like, <laughs> you're one not of the happy. Best pro- one of the best pro wrestlers in the world is Brian Danielson, and he is a vegan, and he is an incredible wrestler. <laughs> uh, the guy is unbelievable. The things he does. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of an example. I don't know. I'm just like, let's say it's vegan burger night, maybe vegan s- sausage night because they do those. And he's just <laughs> like, there's vegan souvlaki as well. Vegan know? souvlaki. They're all going out, and he just goes. He turns to uh, Kenny Lala, and he says. You're shit. You're not coming. Kenny Lala is better the next game. That's how I foresee things. But yeah, but Kenny Lala only eats halal meat, man. It, well, it's not meat at all, so it's fine. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. <laughs> anyway, we went way, way off topic. Erythrolifki uh, Mastura, what's up, man? Says in order to be a captain, you have to be confident and have the captain mentality. Yeah. Confidence um, is a very uh, absolutely a very obscure abstract. It can be anything really, but it just feels like there's a lot of players coming in. I don't really see a project in this, especially when yeah. uh, the manager's contract is coming to an end, and it's we don't know how that's going to go. It, it seems that. like it seems like a lot, a lot of uh, it's it's like a scatter gun. It's like let's sign let's sign ten players. Five of them will be good, and five of them will ship out or like you know five of them will be good and two of them will loan and then three of them will release it's, it's that kind of approach right it's again it kind of goes back to labra's article a little bit which is the whole what's the long-term vision like how what's the plan to I- implement that and is it just too short-termism it's like you know let's you know take that on take this one and that one and let's see if that works out and we'll see <laughs> And, th- and in my opinion, it's a good thing Zahavi is not coming to Olympiacos. Well, of course, tomorrow we might have reports saying, oh, actually, you know, to, uh, he's actually coming. He's 35. I mean, do we... What can Zahavi offer you at this point in his career? I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the Buffon thing when we were hearing those ridiculous reports about Buffon coming to Olympiacos. Like, do you want him? Costa, how old was Sinisa Gokic when he came to Olympiacos? Was he 34 or 35? I don't remember, but what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to that age, it is literally a is literally a radical minority that is actually going to be a success in this. Yeah. It is a literal minority who's going to be a success. And Olympiacos don't need a striker. They need fucking fullbacks. They don't need go. a striker. Yeah. No, but they don't, though. No, 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 no. I like Zahabi. I like Zahabi. I do like Zahabi. Maybe he'd be great for two years at Olympiacos. But all that money, all that effort, all that energy... You're, you're wasting it the wrong person, man. This that's is, a, a beanie hat. It's a style in, in Brooklyn where I am, okay? This is hey, what I people got do. As well. yeah, I got also, here it's, as well what happens is it's a bit cold, so I drop the levers or I raise them up if I'm too warm. There you go. There you go. It's oh, perfect. Right Hussein, yeah. Giselle, probably a friend from Turkey tuning in. What's up, man? Um, uh, So Karad, this is the real captain at the moment. I'm not even sure about that, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I don't think he is. You know what? Maybe I'll save this for a post, but I think there's something with Socrates and I'm maybe all right about it. So Socrates is fine. I have a story I'm going to write about Socrates. I think he's fine, but you do that. I, I, I may write something. I think there's something there. Speaking of uh, centre-backs, Semedo to Porto. Happening, not happening. We've been hearing a lot again the last couple of days. Uh, we've talked about a lot of players coming in. We need to ship out some players. So, um, yeah. Maxi Levera probably going out on loan. The other one is we're really trying to get rid of Semedo by the end of the window. The latest news is that Olibiakos and Porto are in discussion. Jorge Mendes is apparently getting involved in this as well. Porto are offering 5 million or 5.5 million 
Olympiacos wants 7.5. This is an option to buy. Olympiacos wants the option to buy to be obligation to buy at the end of the loan. There are two other things. Apparently, Porto were trying to throw in players to exchange. One of these being Afonso de Souza, Porto player that's out at Belenenses. Apparently, Olympiacos rejected that. This is an attacking midfielder forward. So Olympiacos rejected uh, throwing in players, uh, players as exchange to bring down the cost. Again, Olympiacos wants 7.5 million. Now, the other interesting news is that Porto apparently have uh, FF uh, financial fair play issues. So they're saying they don't have the money to give us because they'll be in trouble with financial fair play. We saw that Sporting Lisbon today was punished for not adhering to financial fair play and they've been given a suspension of three years from European competitions, which they are appealing against. So Porto, very much wary of that. But get this, my club in England, Tottenham, trying to buy Luis Diaz from Porto and Porto want 80 million is their minimum fee release clause, but they probably let him go for 60. Tottenham's offer was in at around 35 or 40 million, according to what reports you hear. So sorry, Porto, we know how you operate. It's not that they're not going to have money. They're probably going to end up, this is my hot take, they're probably going to end up selling Luis Diaz on transfer deadline day, probably not to Tottenham, given our luck and our shitty transfer strategy. Uh, and uh, and I think Ruben Semedo has gone at the end at the end of the window. And just a last point from me because I look just, just a little 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 parenthesis yeah. about Luis Diaz is that yeah. Porto are being very apprehensive about letting Luis Diaz leaving, especially midway through the season because they lost Jesus Corona and uh, Sergio Oliveira. So it is a matter of keeping the team intact and uh, uh, within their means of challenging for title, especially after losing it last season. They need money though, Costa. They do, yes, but they also want to succeed on the pitch. And Corona and Oliveira's departure, granted that Oliveira's is a loan deal, they do want some stability on the pitch and the roster. Oliveira, um, they only sold for, for 16 million guy. euros, I think, right, to Roma? I don't remember or the fee. Or loan option. Yeah, but, a good um, player. Yeah, I didn't think so at the start, but when he played for Pau, I remember that. Yeah. But anyway, he scored against scored Juventus against in the championship. season as well. Amazing, uh, amazing performance against Juventus, both legs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I wanted to mention about Semedo was, um, interestingly, so we signed him for, I think, 4.5 million or 5 million euros. And according to TransferMart, the highest uh, his market value went while playing for us was 8 million, 8 million euros. And his market value today is five. I really just want to replug my article. Like, I think, I think it's it. mentioned in there. Um, the article really goes into this. Um, Olympiacos has been very poor at selling players in the past, under the Martins era completely. If you look, uh, any big transfer outside of Cosas Chimicas had the hands of Jorge Mendes, so George Mendes, whatever, whatever they say. Um, I think that's a problem. And Semedo is going to be another Mendes deal. So I wonder what that shows about Olympiacos and who is making the transfers and who's selling players. Well, it kind you of can read my both... article, everyone. It, I'll that, that, it. That, that kind of cuts both ways, Labro, the whole George Mendes thing, because the George Mendes thing started with Forrest. And Jacques Cavalier. Yeah, but you <laughs> want to hear something? George Mendes and all of his buddies got kicked the fuck out of Newcastle, or Newcastle, Nottingham Forest. Vretzos was kicked out. All the Greeks who had all of their Greek Olympiacos fingers were, boom, so long, buddy. Modesto, so long, Modesto. I don't know. It's Does it say something that Nottingham Forest have turned the corner as soon as those guys have left the team? And they've given it to more competent, English, experienced footballing minds. I don't know. Just something to pose. 
the key thing that you said there is uh, English and then on the other hand, Greek. Where is Greek football and where is English football? I don't think we can even mention them in the yeah. same sentence. The media is what's safe Nottingham Forest from what is happening at Olympiacos. To be honest, independent investigative journalism saved Nottingham Forest and drove changes at Nottingham Forest. So I don't think it's something that's capable of happening in Greece and for Olympiacos. So the freedom of the press and the accountability to hold um, people in charge accountable is very strong there. You would read some of the messages under the athletic posts about Nottingham Forest. Not beautiful, I promise. You would see some of the fans going up to the president's box during uh, uh, the darker days earlier this season. Not beautiful. So I don't know. Um, I think that's a big thing as well. I've mentioned that a few times. But... I would just like to touch on the Semedo thing. In my opinion, I think he's just, in my opinion, I think it'd be a triumph if he just left. Personally, like just, hey. I wouldn't. He left it on a free transfer. Just, ter- I feel like his contract should have been terminated when, when that thing happened. In my opinion, I feel like he's a he's like a dark cloud on the team. He was a very popular figure, uh, backstage in the uh, locker room. Very popular figure, and now that he's not playing, I feel like maybe that's having an effect. Nevertheless, I feel like he just let him go. Just ended right there. Just, there's no point anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that's all we got, guys. We're running up to an hour. Do we have anything just, else? I would just like to conclude and say how proud I am from for all of our work uh, so far, and mainly on the João Carvalho coverage. I would like to say that um, we approached this uh, with the utmost uh, integrity. We used our sources. We approached this um, uh, with serenity. We were calm about it. We only used our sources. We didn't try to take credit from anyone or anything. Uh, this is the information we have. Can it go south? Can it not happen? Absolutely. That's how transfers are. Anything can happen. So yeah, I, there is a good, there is a chance that maybe João Carvalho won't happen. But the info we have is that it is happening, and Greek journalists are now backing us up on this without mentioning us. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah. There's a lot of them who did mention us actually today. Some of them didn't. I think uh, I think this whole João Carvalho transfer speaks a lot to how Olympiacos does business as a football club as well. The fact that a deal was made, terms were reached, and Pedro Martins then was like, no, let's wait. Let's pump the brakes on this. I think it says a lot about the transfer-making process at Olympiacos at the moment. That's just my opinion as well. But yeah, I will echo that. I think we showed a lot of professionalism in this transfer. No sensitization, just trusting what we were being told. And I think everyone can continue to see that when we report that we have sources and we have news, it's completely trustworthy. We were the first people to break this story on Joao Carvalho. And 15, 20 minutes later, the biggest media in Greece confirmed it. I think it says a lot. And I'm really proud of the team as well. So, yeah. Just, just look at the times. Look, go on Twitter and look at the times. Just look at, yeah. you know, when, who posted what at what time. But anyway, yeah. I'm very proud of us, guys. Congratulations to all of us on this. Can it go south? Yes, it can. But this is the info we got. This is the info we give you. So there you go. There you go, guys. Yep, coming up to an hour now, um, concluding this transfer special. We've talked about the ins and the outs. Just having a look at the chat here to see if there's anything else that we haven't really addressed. Um, Manos, big upset due to new COVID cases in our basketball team. Yeah, man. Um, Basketball team's really been keeping me sane um, this year and COVID's really, really hit us in a a bad way. Bad timing. Uh, It is what it is. Bulk game to look forward to, guys, on Sunday. Let's see uh, what the weather has to say about that. But until then, we are Gate 7 International. Thanks for sticking with us. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. See you next time. (laughs) 
You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos ise, stomialo kati magiko. Hi. Hi there.